welcome in. Thanks for joining us once again on the Red Rock Sports Podcast, a Woos Media Podcast brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. I got baseball fever, guys. I do. I got to say, this whole uh, MLB lockout had the reverse effect on me that I thought it would. I really thought it would turn me off of baseball, and I'm just like so excited for the start of baseball season. Connor, Nick, you guys feeling the same thing? Oh, I'm feeling it, baby. Yeah, we're ready. Oh, yeah. Born ready. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. I know. I'm like, I know. I'm seriously legitimately excited about the baseball season coming. I still wish that it was shortened, but nonetheless. We could not swing that 50 games. I know. I know. 50 games. Uh, okay, 100. I'll give you 100. Sure. Actually, you know, let's go 82. Let, yeah, we'll let's cut just it do down. 81. Right in the middle. <laughs> right in the middle. So, Rockies, uh, along with the rest of MLB, has been very uh, active, uh, signing te- signing players quickly as, uh, you know, we are, we're working towards, what, two weeks out now, just over two weeks out from the beginning of the regular season. And uh, I just kind of want to touch a little bit on uh, the, some of the moves the Rockies have made. And fans, frankly, guys have not been real thrilled, it seems like, at least when you follow social media and, and some of the, the moves that the Rockies have made. So first and foremost, Trevor Story is officially no longer a Colorado Rocky. He signs with the Red Sox, and the, the deal is six years, $140 million. And I'm, I'm a little surprised at that. Connor, are you surprised at that? The size of that contract for Trevor Story? I thought it was a little low. Yeah, uh, that's uh, but, just but, just over $23 million a year on I, average. You know, I mean, that's exactly um, what Simeon got. Um, I don't... I, I think it was a little bit low, but he did have a down year last year. I expect him to bounce back, but you're always battling, too, from a Rockies hitter perspective, obviously. the How are you going to do when you're not at Coors Field type of conversation? So... I don't know. I think it's about in the ballpark what I expected, but probably a little bit lower. And it seems to me like a lot of the fans out there are pissed because the Rockies, if, if that's all the contract was, the, why wouldn't the Rockies resign him? But they were never in on it, right? I mean, he never was coming back to Colorado the way that things ended the last year and a half and the way they handled things with him, right? I mean, he was never going to be a Rocky. It seems like he took more of like a maybe a winner's discount. You know what I mean? Maybe took a little bit less to go somewhere where he felt like he had a better chance to win. Obviously, especially with the Chris Bryant contract, you just kind of, you know, obviously he wasn't going to stay, but you could have felt like the Rockies could have gone, done something a little bit better to, you know, to make, to, to keep him. So yeah, I see that. I, I've seen that a lot on the, the Twitterverse out there. And a lot of people I've talked to, you know, that's, that's kind of the first thing that they go to is, Oh, I would have rather had Trevor story, but well, get out of here with that. <laughs> I mean, that, that was not an option. I, you know, the Rockies obviously tried to bring, tra- they didn't even trade him because they still wanted to bring him back. And, uh, yeah, he just had no interest. So, you know, uh, which which leads me, you know, what's wrong with Chris Bryant, right? Well, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just okay, kidding. but think about from Chris <laughs> Bryant's standpoint. I was about to be the Why end would of the he show. not We're want to, to come show. to the Rockies? He's had a down couple of years off of where he kind of peaked maybe, what, three or four years ago and has kind of tailed off the last couple of years. This is can be a resurgence for him. His stats go up. You know, he gets sort of the, the Coors Field boost. In, and that's the other one. I'm glad you guys brought up Chris Bryant. They signed him to a seven-year, $182 million deal. Woof. equates to about $26 million on average. So actually slightly more than the average annual salary that Trevor Story just got. As you mentioned, different position. I'm curious, uh, what position is Chris Bryant going to play or projected uh, to play for the Rockies? He's going to be outfield. He'll be outfield. Yeah. Because okay. he, I mean, he started as a third baseman primarily, right? Right. I think I think he's uh, played most of his 
I mean, I think if you look at his whole career, he's, play, he's definitely played more games at third base than outfield. But uh, you know, he's 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 been outfield the last couple of years, and um, that's definitely where the Rockies have a need for him, especially after they just reassigned Ryan McMahon. Uh, so I, I would anticipate that he would play outfield. I anticipate Ryan McMahon at third. Uh, then you got Iglesias, probably uh, the guy we just signed at shortstop, and Brendan Rodgers at second. And then you got Garrett Hampson, who kind of is a utility guy that can kind of play middle infield. He can play outfield. So that that would be my my best guess. Yeah, and honestly, I kind of like this signing of Chris Bryant. I think a lot of people have been very critical of it, and it, and it seems like the go-to for everyone on social media is ripping the Rockies for going and spending money on a guy and not spending money on their homegrown talent. And in my mind, the two things are completely separate. Connor, we kind of touched on this a little bit last week with Tyler, and you and I were kind of arguing with him that ultimately you have to fill out a roster. You can't only pick up pitchers, right? You actually have to field a full roster and signing a talented player. I mean, would you say he's a guy that's top 10 at his position? A, a top 10 outfielder in the MLB? Yeah. Uh, probably not. I think the issue point, that, no. I, I think the issue that I have is he's 30 years old, paid him big boy money. He's certainly on the at least it appears numbers are going to be pumped up from Coors Field. I, I just struggle with the signing older player, long contract. We're going to be paying him till he's, you know, 37. I mean, and that and that, what sort of return but, on investment but is, is that? Is 26 million a year? This sounds crazy, but in 26 million a year is not a crazy number. And five years from now, four years from now, when that contract is coming to its end, it's actually going to be looking like a much smaller number. I mean, this has Ian Desmond vibes. I was all just going to say this no, does feel like Ian Desmond vibes all, right, all hey, over hey, it. Hey, you stop it with that. I can't man. stop. You stop it with that. Hey, how many MVPs did Ian Desmond Fine. win? Fine. Uh, yeah, noted. How many rookie of the years Good, did Ian Desmond okay, win? Uh, yeah. But past How many production, World Series past, past did Ian Desmond win? Past, past production is not reflective of future performance. And in that case, you got a 30-year-old guy that's been on the decline. Injury history, if you had to give me a grade, I don't hate it as much as a lot of people. C minus, best. He's got to come out and give me an MVP type performance to warrant any sort of agreement that this was a warranted contract for an outfielder. What? Uh, yeah, an I, MVP. Not no. I okay, let me rephrase. Not an MVP. He he's got to be. Like he's got. He's got to be playing. I, I, he's just got to be playing to a point where you feel like it's an immediate return on investment for a guy that you paid for. What do we have? What did we say the over under was at? For the Rockies wins on the season? Uh, so DraftKings has it at, I believe it's 69 and a half. So 26 check. million. 68 and a half. 68 and a half million or 68 and a half over under wins losses on the season is what you get with a 26 million dollar okay, per year okay, but, franchise player. Okay, but here's the thing is the highest paid players in the league. The, point to any individual batter in the entire league. You pop them on the Rockies and you're going up by a couple games. I mean, seriously, because it's not like basketball where you just get a guy in sure. here or it's not an NFL quarterback or whatever. You know sure. what I mean? And the other thing I would say to push back on you a little bit here is 30 years old is not all that old in baseball. I, I mean, these guys average start to their career in baseball is, is so much older than all these other sports uh, that, you know, I think the average breaking into the MLB is somewhere it's around like 26, like 20, 27, 25, 26, you, you know, and so it happens a lot where you see guys kind of break through when they're 27, 28 and they get rewarded and they play at a really high level till the early thirties. And so I don't know. I, I, I do not think 30 is too old. Like we shouldn't be looking at this like, Hey, he's over the hill. I, I, I don't see it like that really. Um, and you know, I, I just don't hate on it because it shows you the Rockies at least paid something. Okay. That's one thing. Right. And we can criticize the Rockies all, all we want. It's, it's, 
mostly warranted <laughs> that we criticize the Rockies as an organization. Uh, but at least they're doing something. And we, we've said it before on this show. You know, you can't say the same for all the teams. You can't say the same for the Marlins or the Royals or, you know, I mean, there's at least they're trying to do something. And then my question to anyone out there that does not like this Chris Bryant signing, and maybe to you, Nick, who would you have rather had than Chris Bryant that was available that the Rockies could have gotten? Would you rather them just pocketed that money and, and, and wait? Or I mean, what, what, what's your thinking on it? What's because a wise man once told me criticizing something without offering a solution is just whining. <laughs> okay. I like it. So, <laughs> I've actually never heard that. That's good. Yeah. I guess, you know, that said I'm whining. Okay. Because okay. it's one of those things I just I, I didn't really care for. It's a splashy signing. He's already all over Denver. He's he seems like a good dude. Seems like a team first guy. It's just not a guy I felt like warranted that level of contract for. And it's going to be increased production. So in three four months you're going to be giving me a splits, Connor, talking about how good he is at home. And then we're going to have to do the 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 sort of parlay on that in regards to how that works out for you. But I just think when you pay a guy, and yeah, you're right, rookie of the year, MVP. World Series champion. I just don't think that that changes it enough for me to be excited for the Rocky season. I I, I think though that Connor, you bring up a good point with uh with, with Chris Bryant in that it's it seems like it's the last opportunity for everyone to bitch about the Nolan Arenado and Trevor Story situations one last time, just because it's like, oh, see, so you'll pay this guy, but you won't pay them. And I just think the two things are completely separate. I think this is a solid signing. You really, when you look at it, sure. Is it maybe the best value? Maybe not. I, I think that he's a guy that is getting paid high, but if you could get more production out of the first three or four years, you can live with the back end where he's maybe not living up to that production. But ultimately, I think that the Rockies need to like figure out what direction they want to go. It seemed like for a couple of years, they were really try, trying to dial in on developing this pitching staff. And that's obviously an important factor in the Rockies ever being successful, especially on a consistent basis. But... I mean, I still always look back to those Blake Street Bombers days where they just committed. They just fully went for bringing in big bats that can do things. And I think Chris Bryant is a guy that can have a resurgence with the Rockies. He can be a middle-of-the-lineup guy. I, I hope it works out for him. I think they should make more moves like this. You have the money to spend. Spend it on guys that can instantly impact your roster. Hey, hey look, we've said it before, all right? The Rockies' path to success is they have to draft pitching, and then the free agents they have to add must be hitters. You're Ian not, Desmond. You're, you're not bringing in uh, ace quality Is Ian Desmond still here. on the roster, technically no, speaking? No, he's not. Uh-uh. <laughs> he is Thank not. God. Um, but but that and, uh, Nick, he is not Ian Desmond. <laughs> you got to get off of here. This has with Ian this. Desmond vibes. He, he has. He has. This I got chills down Ian my Desmond. left arm. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's just disrespectful. Over Russell there. Wilson gave me chills like down my body, and I just have chills like in my. Left arm. I think that barely. might be a heart attack. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, man, Chris Bryant is, I mean, he, okay. Look at these last couple of years. You call him off years, right? I mean, just because he wasn't putting up the numbers that, you know, especially in the average department that he put up, you know, in his MVP seasons, uh, but the dude's still hitting the high two sixties. Now this day and age in baseball, That's good, yes. that is not bad. That is not a bad average. And, and the dude's a, you know, he, he hits to all fields, uh, which is going to play great in, in college. Colorado's outfield, which is gigantic. Um, you know, it's one of the things some people don't think about. Everyone always thinks of the home runs at Coors Field, but they don't. But another aspect, even more important, probably, is how big that outfield is. So, uh, you know, I I like this move. I'm, I'm not going to say I love it. Right? Clearly, 
the Rockies are, you know, back to their bag of tricks, just trying to get people in the seats. Do you and, mean and it works? Do you mean they're desperate? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, but but, but did this one kind of backfire on them in that regard? I think that's what this move probably was: is a, a, a getting a big name guy in there. But again, the fact that they didn't pay their homegrown guys that so many fans were upset about, and then you bring in the guy that was kind of like Arenado's rival when they first came into the league. They were kind of the the one-two shortstop, or uh, excuse me, third baseman coming into the league at that time. Is this going to backfire on them in any regard? Are fans going to get totally behind Chris Bryant? Uh, oh, man. I, I think they're going to get behind Chris Bryant as long as he produces, right? But to your point, I mean, there is a lot of people out there, of course, that are really criticizing this. And, and I kind of think, honestly, and it's, it's fair, okay? But I don't think the Rockies could sign anybody. And, and and not be criticized by the fan base. I mean, really true. It's just, true. I mean, okay, let's just say, okay, maybe like a Mike Trout or, I mean, if, if they got one of the, you know, five to eight transcendent type players somehow here, sure. But there's almost nobody really out there that I think the Rockies could spend money on and have the fan base be like, wow, you know what? I was wrong about Dick Monfort. So that was going to be my only <laughs> counter to my point is that you do have to overpay to get people to come to Colorado. So in that sense, I could see why you're paying a guy what you have to pay for him. And that's sort of, that sort of explains the reason because it's it's really hard to get top tier talent to come here. Not to get bait, not to get hitters. Well, sure, but I guess my argument is when you play, the losing gets to everybody, and you continuously you played Nolan Arenado, horrible. Tulowitzki, same thing. The losing takes a toll, and it gets to a point where you. It's the same thing we were just talking about with Story. You leave and you go to guys. You go to guys' clubs based on where you want to go to win. So uh, this is, I, I would be hesitant to call it overpaying. I believe, you know, and it's not exact, you know, you can't verify this 100%. But if you talk to, if you listened to Scott Boris give his, in the interview, the Rockies press conference, you listen to him talk, um, it seems as if there were several teams that were offering the same contract to Chris Bryant. He chose Colorado because A, he has a family now and he he likes Denver. He's always wanted to live in the area in Denver and Colorado. He thought he was going to get drafted here um, yeah. before the Cubs took Third him. overall pick, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, That's what the Rockies yeah, had. I think they had the third be. overall pick and then the Cubs came in and swooped him. At, at two? Yeah. Okay, so so he always thought he was coming to the Rockies. He's kind of always wanted to play for the Rockies if, if, you'll, you know, if you'll believe what he says about it. Uh, and you know what? This... This deal doesn't shock me in terms of the dollar amount. It really doesn't. Like you look around at some of these guys, what they're getting paid, man, it's ridiculous. Like NBA contract or uh, NBA uh, MLB contracts are are just astronomical, and and so I wouldn't really call it overpaying to get him here. It's just that was his market value, and we paid his market value, and let's hope it works. All right, so my grade's a C minus grade for the Chris Bryant signing. I'm going to give it a. a B, B to B plus. Yeah, I'm going to go B minus on it. I'm going to go B minus. Yeah, I mean, hey, is it going to make the... Uh, there's not one... Uh, I just said it. There's not one single move the Rockies could make that would all of a sudden make them playoff contenders. I mean, it's just... They're too short. They're, they're too short in their what about What about have. 500 contenders? To Five. go 500 on the year? I, I, I think that they're well, already kind of around that neighborhood. And, uh, and Okay, so we brought up earlier, DraftKings has them at 68 and a half. Their win total last year was 74. Does right. that surprise you that they're that low? I mean, 
Obviously, people are not putting their money on the Rockies well, right now. Well, they hammered that over last year. I mean, they, they were expected to win much less games So than is that. it easy money this year? Is that what we're saying? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're going to have to get pro better Tyler Waldron here, ask him about, about his opinion on that. He but, always loves uh, when I say it's easy money. Yeah, it's I know, like my favorite thing. Yeah. But, but no, I, you know what? I, I would take the over on that right now. I, I would. I But but I could see why it's gone, gone down. I mean, uh, you know, missing John Gray is a really big piece in the rotation. Uh, you know, missing Trevor Story was it was a Tyler big bat right now. This is great. Yeah. Oh, he he <laughs> loves John Gray. Uh, <laughs> this hey, has man. John Gray Cy Young vibes written all over it too. <laughs> FYI. You think? Huh? No. No. Oh, okay. Just now he's yeah, not no. on the Rockies, so all of a sudden he's you know yeah, he's gonna play out his mind. You, you know what, John Gray, hate him or love him, right? But he had a pretty dang good season last year and and he's he's actually strung together a couple of nice seasons uh, a lot of fans remember john gray from you know earlier on in his career there was a, a playoff game it seems so long ago but the playoff game against arizona uh where the rockies kind of had that game in hand john gray you know kind of blew up um you know the Rockies were hitting; they were scoring runs, and John Gray just kind of fell apart in that in a game against Arizona in the playoffs. And I think that kind of resonates with a lot of fans still that just that one particular game. But really, th- that game just kind of uh, signified that that entire year for him. He had a really up and down year where he would be cruising, cruising, and then he'd give up a four run inning. I mean, that was that was a year for him. But he really settled down. And sure, he never was the the ace pitcher that he was touted to be, but but he was a really solid middle of the rotation guy, and and I think that's going to be missed a little bit this year. So yeah, I mean, I think when you look at the the depth on the rotation, it it certainly is lacking. Who do the who fit, fills that hole for them? So right now, you're looking at Herman Marquez is your obvious number one. You got Kyle Freeland. I'm assuming Sensatella and Gomber are your other two. Who who fills in as that fifth starter for the Rockies, Connor? I didn't say those ones again. Sorry, you got Marquez, Freeland, Sensatella, and Gomber. Then uh, he's counting using his fingers right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I think there's going to be it's going to be a battle. Or is for, that the hole? Is that the hole that the Rockies have? As you start to look uh, up and down their their roster, I mean, obviously on the back end of their pitching rotation, is that the the a, a big spot they need to fill? It, it is, and and so I mean they're going to try and look to some of their younger guys uh, coming up, and we'll, I mean we'll, we'll see what happens. But it's really going to be up for grabs, I, I feel like, in in spring training, and um, yeah, yeah, man, it's going to be it's going to be tough. I don't think we have a complete. Fi- I mean, you know, I don't think it's it's complete. So is is that I mean is that the probably the biggest hole within their roster or starting lineup, or would you say there's somewhere else you think the the Rockies are really uh, lacking? They definitely need a couple spots in the bullpen as well. I mean, they you know they definitely I, need a couple bullpen arms to really step up. I frankly don't recognize any of the names on anyone in their bullpen. That doesn't mean <laughs> a whole lot, but Yuli Shasin, I know that one. Uh, I know that one. No, they, uh, still, they they brought him back, huh? Yeah, yeah appar- they, apparently. I, I hey, they, I'm looking at MLB.com right now. They, I so. think they brought him back last year, so. Okay. What about the fielders? Uh, I know catcher is to me a hole that they've really not filled over the last couple of years. Uh, I'm not a believer in Brendan Rodgers as a starting shortstop. Do you think he's a guy that who? Or uh, excuse me, uh, Brendan Rodgers as a start, he's going to probably at second, right? But I'm yeah, not- yeah, he had a good year last year. I mean, he was in the two seventies hitting, um, had some power numbers, hit some home runs. Uh, you know, he's a he he has been a 
the Rockies' top prospect for a while. He's no longer a prospect anymore. Uh, but he had really high expectations, and, and people certainly had high hopes for him. Uh, and you know what? I think he hit pretty well last year. He actually kind of had a coming out party of sorts last year. Uh, I'm okay with him. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind him right there. And Iglesias, you know, like we said, the, the Rockies traded for him. I do anticipate he you know, probably pushes for that starting role at shortstop. Uh, you know, good, good defender. You know, he's been a decent hitter for average, uh, no power whatsoever. Uh, but you know, I think, I think that infield would kind of be a, a nice little infield. And of course they have CJ Cron coming back. Um, you know, uh, Connor Joe, who, who is on the roster. He, he kind of came up last year yeah. and, and got a bunch of good time. Uh, he looks like he might have a little bit of something too going for him. He, he seemed like he kind of got hot towards... Not maybe Hot maybe strong, but it certainly seemed like you were seeing him make yeah. big plays and, and be a little more productive. Yeah, he started, started kind of figuring it out the dish. I mean, he's, a, he's not a very strong defender. I would anticipate he's going to be swinging into that first base utility slash uh, DH role. Excuse me, we have a DH now, guys. Yeah, right, but I don't, I don't think that he's going to be like the Rockies DH. I, I don't anticipate the Rockies use a quote-unquote DH. That, is that something that you'll see with a lot of NL teams that are kind of adjusting to that, maybe utilizing that as a kind of a, a way to get guys I, rest? I think so. I think you'll see it go the same same way that the American League has gone. I mean, now uh, there's only like five or six teams in the American League last year that really used a DH that had like 400 at bats or more. Uh, so you're not getting any big poppies out here. Anymore. You're getting some of them. I mean, you're getting some of them. There's like a Nelson Cruz and, you know, a Santana. And there's a couple of guys that are definitely in that role still. But you're kind of seeing more and more teams start to use it as a as a rotating DH to give people a day off, basically. You know, I mean, 162 games, uh, especially for the Rockies, that'll be very useful to give someone like a Charlie Blackman, the ability to sit down, you know, but still have his, have his bat in the lineup. So, uh, I, I anticipate the Rockies kind of use a, a DH by committee, if you will. Okay. Okay. All right. Last thing before we move off of the Rockies, we, we mentioned DraftKings at 68 and a half. I'm going to put you guys at a higher number. We, I think we were all on the over on that. I, I don't know. Soaps, I can't speak for you, but I'm on the over on 68 and a half. I want to put it at 74 the win total last year let's even go 74 and a half under you're gonna go under the win total Sorry, last I, I hate year. to cut you off right there I'm, gonna oh. be, I'm immediately under okay soaps is immediately under Connor over what? under the win total from last year 74 and a half who from last year under ah uh, man that's gonna be tough you know what just just to be the uh Man, that's tough, Jay. Well, here, let me go first. I, I'm a hard over on that. I am believing right now. The expectations are low. That's when the Rockies surprise us. They never do good when <laughs> the true. expectations are high. It's always when you expect nothing out of this team. They pull something out of their ass. They're going to get themselves close to 80 wins. I'm not going to put them at 80, but we're going to stay close to 80 wins this year. You did come in super hot in the studio pumped about the Rockies. I am. I know. It's the, it's the warm weather. <laughs> the warm weather hit for like two not, days. Not the 40 mile an hour winds no, outside. Not no, not the 40 mile an hour winds that we're getting today. You know, I'll take, I'll, I'll be the optimist. I'll take the over. All right. All right. Why not? Why not? I like it. I like it. And, and, and the two out of three of us took the over. There are so many people out there that are just banging their heads on the wall. I assure you, I assure you we're not always this big of homers, but I am. But most of the time, <laughs> but most of the time we are. Yeah, that's I true. I feel like every mm -hmm. show needs that guy, and I am happy to fill in that role. <laughs> and we got three of them. Uh, so, 
All right, before we move on to some uh, hopefully winning uh, sports, I want to talk about some of the winning I've been doing on Thrive Fantasy. Uh, guys, I've been getting really into this last few weeks. You know, Tyler obviously turned me on to them from, you know, uh, his show that he's a, they sponsor him. Now, Thrive Fantasy is one of our sponsors here, and I've really been enjoying the app. If you guys haven't checked it out, be sure to get on there and use our promo code RED. That's R-E-D. They will give you a $100 free deposit match. That's huge. That's enough right there just to get in on it. Uh, but it's it's a lot of fun too. I've really been enjoying the different element to it. Player props, but not only that, it's the parlays. I'm having a lot of fun with that. They pay out great. It's easy to get your money in and out. Be sure to check them out. Download the Thrive Fantasy app or find them online, thrivefantasy.com. And be sure to use our promo code RED, that's R-E-D, when you sign up. All right, guys. I think we need to move on to some... Uh, Something else. I got my baseball fever out. Felt good. I'm really excited. Connor, thanks for enlightening us a little bit on that. Um, But I guess I said we should move on to some winning, but we need to talk some nuggets, and they haven't been doing a whole lot of winning. They've actually lost four of their last six games. Kind of a rough time to go on a little bit of a losing streak. I don't think it's anything to freak out about, but it does put them sitting in sixth, only a half game, ahead of seventh place, which would put you into the play-in tournament. Uh, First of all, are you guys panic? Any panic, anything you guys are worried about for the Nuggets sitting where they are right now in these standings? Uh, Yeah, (laughs) a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. It's, uh, they're they're not playing good basketball right now. And uh, you hate to see it. Obviously it's the worst time of the year to be playing your worst basketball. So, uh, you know, I, I still think, I mean, hey, man, you got Nikola Jokic, you're, you're going to have a chance to win any game, any series. I mean, you know, you have an outside, a shooter's chance, right, as they say. Uh, uh, but no, man, it's been it's been a tough, you know, couple weeks here. Uh, you know, when something I've noticed that, that's been happening that is a trend that is concerning me is teams are starting to double and even uh, kind of a quasi-triple team, Nikola Jokic, off ball. So they're... You know, they're bringing in two people when he's in the post but, but to prevent him from getting the ball. One in front of him, one behind him. And, you know, the Nuggets are not making shots around him because that's how you beat that. You got to make your shots so that they can't draw that, you know. Uh, and, and then they're trying to force it to him and they're not able to get it to him. So it's resulting in a lot of turnovers. And, I, you know, I think... I don't know. I, I think the Nuggets can figure this out. I think that that is, uh, you know, among... You know, there's this this kind of streak. There's bad shooting. There's a lot of turnovers and careless careless play with the ball. Michael Malone was really on the starters for their body language the last couple games. Um, so the, you know, there's kind of a lot of things going on. But I think one of the biggest trends that I am seeing is that they are doubling Nikola off the ball, and it's kind of throwing a wrench into what the Nuggets are trying to do. Uh, with that said, I, I think they can figure it out and, and figure out how to beat that. But it's really going to rely on some some shooting, which. You know, let's face it. The Nuggets starters, in particular, don't don't have a bunch of shooters relative to the other teams in the NBA. Yeah, good points. Um, like I had said, I think it was three, four weeks ago, we had talked about where we think the Nuggets are going to end up. Do they get above the six seed? I had said they're going to stay around the six, seven seed, and that's just kind of what you're seeing right now. I think they're starting to kind of realize their their ceiling without MPJ, uh, without Murray. I think it's one of those things that we just kind of are what we are. You need a little bit more help from guards, obviously. I think for me, one of the biggest things that the Nuggets tend to when they're not playing well 
Jokic is such an amazing passer. You've got to have guys that cut to the ball. And when you don't have that off-ball action, I think that the Nuggets really struggle, especially when there's rotations on the outside of the three-point line. I think Jokic makes the game easy, but you've got to help him make the game easy. And I think that's a lot of what they're struggling with now. Ten games left. Uh, they're tied. Well, they're not tied. They're 42-30. and 30. Minnesota is 42-31. and 31. So Nuggets next two games, they play tonight. I think they, they play the Clippers and then they play the Suns. So you'd hope they go one and one and then they've got some winnable games down the stretch. So do, am, am I nervous? Absolutely not. I think that the Nuggets are a five, six team. If it's something where it, it's just hard to say because it requires so much effort from Jokic night in and night out. You're just starting to see them not run out of gas in a, in a like a fatigue sense, more or less just you're just seeing what they are without without their key players. So, so you mentioned that they're a half game ahead of seventh, uh, which is Minnesota. Well, they're, they're a game. They're a game up, but they've played. They've got one less game, so sure, they're forty two sure. and thirty. Minnesota's forty two and thirty one. They're actually only three games back of four. It's a long shot. I don't think that there's probably any realistic potential of them getting four beyond that is out of reach they're, they're not getting their their six games back from golden state at three how much is how important is that for the nuggets to move up and not fall into that seven spot i mean is that is that win at all costs to make that make sure you are not in that plan tournament or is there some thought of lining up a matchup to where maybe you line yourself up against the current number two seed, which is Memphis, if you win that play-in tournament game, versus getting Golden State in the first round. Is there any thought that that might be a better scenario for the Nuggets? I don't think that the Nuggets are particularly in a spot where they can have that that luxury of being able to choose their matchup, more or less, just can we avoid the play-in. April 1st, I will definitely be at that game. Timberwolves play the Nuggets at home. Friday night game. Let's go. I just don't, I, I don't think you're, I don't think the nuggets, like I said, have a luxury to be able to make those kind of decisions currently right now. Does Utah have a chance to jump golden state with the injuries that they have? Yeah, absolutely. So is that a situation where, yeah, that might be bad. There's just too much up in the air. It's too close in the Western conference right now. What do you think, Connor? Yeah, no, there's absolutely nothing, <laughs> nothing to that. Hey, I, I know it's, it's your job, Jared. You come up with these great I'm questions. Good. But, I'm uh, good. I'm good at it. <laughs> uh, but no, my conspiracies. <laughs> absolutely. If I'm not. Michael Malone. I'm in the locker room. Like, wait, no. hold on. Uh, <laughs> Jokic, you're going to sit down tonight. Uh, <laughs> no, see nuggets. Nuggets just absolutely need to not be in that. I mean, if, if at all possible, all you were trying to do as the nuggets is avoid that playing game because anything can happen in, 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 in the playing tournament. I, I mean, you know, anything's possible. And especially with the Lakers looming there, the Lakers are not good this year. Obviously, they're not playing well. Uh, but you never know, man. I, like in, in a single game situation, I, you know, with any team, really, I, I don't like single game situations. But with, you know, AD coming back, probably coming back and LeBron James, it's not a good look. You don't want to play. You don't want to end up in a situation Russ has been where playing nice. you have to win. Yeah, Russell Westbrook's yeah, playing he, he really good playing, last. Like, he has been playing games. a lot better. So. That would just be the worst to somehow end up playing the Lakers in the playoffs or playing and losing. Well, oh. you know, the nice thing is is that the Nuggets play the Lakers twice at the end of the season. So effectively, they can not necessarily. They're five games out. You know what I mean? It's it's uh, you know, they're five games out from eighth. So it's just the Nuggets have a chance to really put them on their heels. And so it, it's way too early to tell. There's a lot of basketball left. A lot of winnable games on the schedule. You got Grizzlies, really second to last game, but 
other than that in the Suns game, I don't see how the Nuggets at least aren't, you know, five, six point favorites for most of these games. I want to just put this out there just for everyone to be aware. Uh, Lakers are sitting in the nine seed. Uh, they're only three games ahead of the Spurs, who if they were to fall back just a little bit down the stretch, <laughs> Lakers could find themselves not even in that play-in tournament. Just throwing it out there. Could happen. That would be hilarious. It Wouldn't would be hilarious. Be awesome. That would be so <laughs> great. After everybody was so critical of them last last year, or, or yeah, I guess end of 2021 when they made all these moves, and and then it just all played out like everyone predicted. Like, dude, you put a bunch of old, broken down people onto a roster. This wouldn't be the worst Lakers season ever, and I've heard that on Twitter. It would definitely be the most disappointing for the amount of money that they have locked in with guys that they've paid. Everybody loves LeBron. I think LeBron's kind of a victim of circumstance in regards to having to score a bunch of points. Not that that doesn't take away from his greatness. He's put in a situation where he has to score a ton of points. He's putting up a ton of points. Get, get, a, get a million. He's got, he's got a stat pad so hard for them to only be down 10 going into the fourth. So. Yeah, and if you watch the Lakers too, it's not even like it's not even like LeBron is just like ball hogging, taking shots, you know, the whole game that he shouldn't be taking. I mean, it's like he it's almost like he he tries to do his thing and dish off and then his team just can't make a play. And so so he ends up trying to just take it himself and score points. And it's pretty wild, man. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, getting back to the Nuggets, not not a, not a not a good stretch here for for the Nuggets, but there is a bright spot to talk about. Start of the week. Start of the week. Start of the week. All right. Coming off this three-game road trip, the Nuggets had a bright spot on their team, averaging 18.3 points, 42.8% from three, 4.6 assists, and 4.5 rebounds a game is Mr. Bones Highland. Let's go, Bones. Nick's boy over here. I'm glad you brought him back in. We were loving on him last week, and you were gone, Nick. Yeah, he's... He's going to be awesome. Maybe not awesome as strong, but he's going to be a really solid NBA player. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, he's, he's shown flashes of it, certainly. And, uh, you know, Bones, Bones has been talked about a lot, you know, on this show and other shows as well as somebody who could very easily find themselves on the outside looking in when it comes to playoff rotation, uh, spe- you know, specifically if Jamal Murray comes back is, is really what that is. Because if Jamal Murray doesn't come back, then he's... Well, they've got him playing. He's playing in the G League right now, and apparently he's not even close. Is what they're saying. Yeah, so, he's not playing games. Depends in the on who you listen to, okay? Because yeah. every other reporter's telling you he's going to be back in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so but at that knows? point, do you really want him back? I mean, it all depends on where the the Nuggets fall. And, yeah. and again, the fact that I I could have sworn they were getting ready to, to have him play a couple games in the G League. I could be mistaken on that, but no, nah, it's just practice. He's playing. Yeah, uh, he's not even close. So he went. Says. Yeah, he went for a couple practice days. He had a day of five on five. He did do some five on five scrimmaging, uh, and then the second day, which is kind of a, his same type of routine workout, you know, one on one, a little shooting. Uh, um, but no, I mean, you know, there was a report this week, actually, that, you know, Michael Malone says that he is not even close to returning. Uh, so I think Malone's just sick of the question. I think <laughs> if you listen to all of his yeah. recent answers, that's pretty much what he says in a nutshell. Yeah, time. man. But hey, watch what they do, not what they say. Right. And and at the end of the day, like we're getting here at the end of March. Right. I mean, the the rumor, right, was that MPJ is, it, you know, and it was from MPJ's camp. So MPJ's agent started this saying, hey, he's ready to go. We're going to get him here by the middle to end of March. Well, here we are. It's March 21st. It is no longer the middle of March. We are officially <laughs> at end of March. Right, right. And and, and we're, they're still not here. And, and not only that, but I would anticipate before one of them plays, you'd probably end up 
seeing one of them pop up on the injury report as questionable, right? Like that would probably be the first step is you would see him as questionable. And then you would probably start hearing some reports like, wow, like, you know, MPJ has got you know, maybe even like a game with the Grand Rapids, right? But even if he doesn't play a game down there, you would at least start seeing some serious ramp up five on five. They couldn't just hide that. You know what I mean? Is there a point where you pull the plug? If we get to the playoffs and neither of these guys are back, is there any consideration that you would bring them back mid playoffs? I don't think so, Nick. No, I, I don't see how it could happen. I think all that is is detrimental to the team in regards to what you need from a guy and, and what your expectations are in regards to rotations. Also, conditioning is just so big in the NBA, especially when the game slows down, you're playing more half-court sets, you're having to really be on defense for a set period of time, multiple times throughout the game, becomes a liability. I just don't see how it happens. It's funny. Playing basketball, it was always the teams that ran up and down the court that killed my conditioning. I'm like, <laughs> dude, come on. I, I don't have this in me, man. Especially in men's leagues. You, don't you hate those men's leagues where you have the athletic guys that are actually running circles? Like, dude, I thought we went like half court. It depends on how it depends on how much weight I've gained in you know the year since I've played. If it's like only 15 pounds, I mean, I can probably play a little. If it's 20, 25 pounds, I'm out. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not looking for full court games these what, days. I'll what position do you play in men's league, Connor? Do you get stuck at center? Because no, you're pretty good. So Connor, I, you're what? Six, six, two? Six, in men's six, league, six, that's six, a center. Three. That's yeah, the biggest guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's what um, I'm saying. No, I don't know no. when. when the, oh, man, I haven't played basketball in so long. But when we used to play, uh, you know, we used to run the court in college and stuff. Play some, you know, just like intramurals, just having fun, right? Um, I, I've my whole life was a guard because I was the short. And like, believe it, I, I was the. You know me. You knew me in high yeah, school, yeah. Jared. Uh, I was you know, one of the shorter guys out there on the court. And so, you know, when I actually was trying to practice and play baseball and stuff, I, I had much more of a skill set of a guard, albeit a very slow guard, very, very slow and an uncoordinated guard. Basketball didn't really work out for me. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I was like what the definition of what they called an off guard. I wasn't like a shooting guard. I just also wasn't a point guard. So I was the off guard. Really? The only thing I could do at, at an even average level for my age group was uh, just shoot and elbow, catch and shoot. Elbow jumper. Catch oh. and shoot. Especially if, if Connor had a yeah. wicked jumper. I remember I, that. I, I could shoot a little bit, but that was, I mean, I, I couldn't beat anybody off the dribble and I so, turned it over. like a point guard. You no, I'm, I'm like a bench a guy, guard. major bench supporter. Oh, Nick, Nick was a point guard, and he had the long Steve Nash hair. Going oh, on. yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. And Nick was wild. I feel like there should be like I'm <laughs> envisioning this movie where like we flash back and nobody realizes that pretty boy Nick is actually long haired <laughs> Steve Nash. Nick. No, not wow. true. Yeah, Allegations wow. ripping up the Eastern Colorado League. Yeah, that's right. Uh huh. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you brought up Steve Nash, and that's going to segue back to Nuggets because we do need to get back to that discussion. Nobody really cares about our men's league games. But Steve Nash was a multiple-time MVP, okay? And there's only a handful of those guys that have ever existed in the NBA, okay? And Nikola Jokic is knocking on that door right now, and he downplays it a lot that this is not a big deal to him to go win another MVP. But I'm curious to get your guys' thought. How much would this cement Nikola Jokic's legacy for him to win a second MVP within the NBA? Not just his Nuggets legacy. I think we can all agree he's probably already the best Nugget of all time. Where would this take his legacy within the NBA? Is this crucial for him? Uh, he has many more years with an opportunity to still win an MVP. So I would not say that like this is crucial for him. Uh, really, more than anything, if you're talking about his legacy, what he's going to need to get into those conversations is a championship. I mean, at the end of the day, that's it. Um, 
the other thing is, have you looked at that list of people who have won yes. a double? So here's the thing is, a surprising number of people have actually won two MVPs relative to the entire list of all okay, MVP winners. But let's list these names, Connor. Okay, there are 12, well, and this is just the back-to-back MVPs. Okay, there are 12 players that have oh, won back-to-back. To, back to back. There's actually only there's 14 that have won multiple. Right, okay. Apparently, it's far more common to do it back-to-back than separate <laughs> yeah, from each other. Yeah, um, but 12 guys, okay? Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Moses Malone, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Tim Duncan, Steve Nash, LeBron James, Steph Curry, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Dang it, I had you it. Had it. Yeah, you were rolling. Antetokounmpo. Okay. Uh, pretty impressive list. I mean, I think you're talking about Steve Nash might be the weak point of that list. Disagree, but go Ooh, on. Yeah. Right? I'm Disagree just saying, with you, but go that's on. That's a really good... That is... All-time greats. Every person on that list is an all-time great. And it, and I bet you every one of them has won a championship, too. Like Not Steve Nash. Not Steve, Nash. Steve Nash, you're right. That's why I got So there you go. So Steve <laughs> Nash, but, but Steve Nash was is an all-time great. You know, all right, Jerry, maybe you brought me around. I mean, it would be no. big for him. But I still think for Nikola Jokic to be in this, this tier of like, uh, you know, w- when people talk about the best NBA players of all time, I think it's going to take a championship for him. I really do. I mean, he's got to at least make it. I mean, he can't just keep getting ousted. And it's not really his he's fault. He's young. He's young. He's let's, young. He's got, relax. he's got all sorts of time, man. But, uh, you know, man, I, I was feeling really good about it a couple weeks ago about Nikola getting his, his back-to-back MVP. Um, no, I'm not so sure of it He's anymore. just got to finish mean, strong. Last 10 games, he's got to carry this team. Well, they, yeah, he's got to carry this team, and they, they got to uh, they got to avoid that play-in, man. If they slip to the play-in, then it's done. I mean... He's not. He. I. I have a really hard time seeing him get an MVP when they're in the play-in, especially when you have you know Joel Embiid playing so well right now. I was going to just say that. I think that is the other thing. I think Jokic needs to play really strong the last ten games, and I actually think you need to see Embiid struggle. So what's fresh on the voters' minds is Jokic being superior in that finishing of it. I really think, other than that, if Embiid finishes the year strong, I think he's a lock to get it. I think the thing to remember is the people that vote on the MVP award are writers and gen- and generally speaking, mainly writers, but also some media types. And when you have these people that essentially create the story of the NBA, as much as I hate to say that, when you create this story, you've got to have a way to ex- expand the game. You have a guy in Embiid, Kansas, really good player, had injury concerns, came in, immediately made an impact. And I think when you have that sort of story to create, to create this expand the league. He's a guy that's not from the US. He's a guy that's going to win an MVP for just a different section of people. I think that matters. So I, I don't personally see a how it's, it's Embiid's to lose, obviously. For Jokic's legacy, I don't I don't particularly see how it makes or breaks it. I mean, that yeah. cements him as a Hall of Fame player for sure. I think that you, you can't really... You can't really expect Jokic to come in and win the MVP again based on the team's record. Not that they're playing bad, but the argument you would make would be for Steph Curry last year when he led his team to the the play-in. He had a crazy year. Do I think Jokic actually doesn't care? Yeah, I think he actually does not care, and I think that's why I like him so much is he actually – he's cool either way because he knows how sick – he is at basketball, right. and I don't think he cares. And and, and look, man, I, I, I just – I agree with Nick, but, you know, th- this could have been a stat of the week too right here. But we did – I mean, I, I think in terms of his Hall of Fame resume, Nick said it cements him as a Hall of Famer. I think he's already on that 
track. I mean, unless he just stopped playing basketball, like he just wanted to retire or something and never played again, then maybe you could have an argument. Uh, but actually, just this last week, Nikola Jokic became the second fastest player ever to reach 10,000 points, 5,000 rebounds, and 3,000 assists. Do you, have you heard that stat? I, uh, I think... You, I, have you heard it? Yeah, yeah. Nick, have you heard it? I have not. Who would you guess the fastest player to reach those numbers of points, rebounds, and assists are in the NBA in terms of per, per game? Give the, or not uh, per game, in terms of games played. Give the... Give the so Nikola Jokic became the second fastest player to reach 10,000 points, 5,000 rebounds, and 3,000 assists. No cheating over there. LeBron James would be my guess. Uh, I'll give you a hint. If I got it right, it's a white guy. LeBron James. Larry Bird. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Larry Bird. So, uh, you know, I think he's already on that track. I, I agree with Nick. I don't think this is going to make or break his his MVP legacy. I mean, look, man, also finishing second in MVP voting, like, you know, that's nothing to scoff at. And I anticipate he's going to have Just means you're the first loser. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, I think KD said it best, Kevin Durant, actually, in an interview recently, he, he said that... It doesn't define me as a player. It's nice to win, but I know what it feels like. I already got one. It doesn't define me as a player or a person, and I know what I can do in this league. And I think the same kind of applies to Jokic. Well, and I think ignoring, and I understand like from a advanced metrics standpoint how good Embiid and Jokic are, but if we're going to talk about valuable players, you could, you could list off a laundry list, but the one that immediately comes to me is Devin Booker. You know, one of the best teams in the league, over 25 points per game, leading his team to a number one seed. So I just think a lot of it comes down to the story that unfortunately the writers want to tell in regards to, you know, in their minds, who is the best player. And I think that's such an arbitrary thing to say. So it's going to certainly be an interesting couple of weeks for the Nuggets because I, uh, I can't ever remember a scenario where you're looking at the next two weeks going into the playoffs. If Murray, MPJ, don't come back if the Nuggets don't go on a little bit of a winning streak here. And we could just be chalking this up to essentially a lost season where you're probably not making much noise in the playoffs. Maybe, you know, we'll, we'll talk in the coming weeks what those expectations look like. But if all of a sudden in the next two weeks you get MPJ back, you get Murray back, you go in full strength, you avoid that plan, we could be talking legitimate championship aspirations. Maybe that's getting caught up in the moment, but... It's going to be fun. I, I'm actually really looking forward to what the next month or, or what, three weeks, four weeks till the NBA playoffs start, uh, what that leads. So going to be a fun week. Let's take a look back now and see what things have happened uh, this day in sports history. This day in sports history. 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 All right. We got a nice week in sports history today. On March 21st, 1953, an NBA record 106 fouls were committed in a playoff game between Boston and Syracuse. Against, oh, I thought LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> LeBron James shot 100 free throws that day oh, okay. in 1953. <laughs> uh, no, so there was 106 fouls. 12 players fouled out. Um, it was shocking. Quadruple overtime. And teams almost didn't have enough players to finish the game. They were, there was con some concern about that. There was two fights. There was two ejections. God, uh, can we? <laughs> if only there was like, if we were able to pull that game up, I'd watch every minute of that Oh, game. absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. NBA wants to get more viewers. Bring uh -huh. that back. No man. doubt. All right. Then we got March 23rd, 1992. The Florida Marlins begin selling tickets which they would continue to do for like another eight years or so, and then nobody bought them for the next two decades, right? Something like that. Yeah, they yeah. continuously 
don't buy them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still think they technically sell them. Not sure on that. We'll have to fact <laughs> They check. are BOGO deals where yeah. you can just walk in and bring a friend. <laughs> they don't have a hot tub. They yeah. missed out on yeah. them. Yeah. All right, last one I got for you guys today. March 23rd, 1994. Wayne Gretzky sets the NHL record with 802 goals scored. The great one. The great one, exactly. I got something interesting for you about Wayne Gretzky here. I want to get your reaction on this. I saw this the other day. So Wayne Gretzky, of course, is the points leader, the you know goals. I mean, he's just the he great leads and everything. Yeah, right? correct, yeah. Um, you could take away every goal that Wayne Gretzky has ever scored, and he would still be the NHL points leader of all time by a long shot. I mean, how wild is that, right? It's, to me, that's mind-boggling, man. I'm sorry. When that's you look just, across so all the different sports, <laughs> I think that he is the only unanimous goat on a, in a sport. I mean, you look football, Touchdown, basketball, Tommy. baseball. Tom Brady's getting Tom there, Tom Brady too. is there. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I hate to is cut he, you off, but yeah. Is he? <laughs> he's the I, goat. I think he's so. there. Okay. I think he's there, man. Okay. Yeah. So we got, we got Touchdown, Tommy, and we got Wayne the Great. Agree. Other than that, I mean... Even you can't even name it. I mean, you go, you get into a heated debate with anyone. You bring up NBA, baseball. Who would be the baseball all time great? I mean, every one of them's not in the Hall of Fame because they use steroids, right? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, you could use. Uh, you could say Barry Bonds. You could make an argument for Barry Bonds. You could make an argument because of the notoriety, the fact that he pitched and played and and hit. You could make the argument of Babe Ruth. Just, I think Babe Ruth. You know, kind I of think that's go. That's kind of right? just their go to head. I don't think he's really the greatest of all time. I mean, Ted, Will- Ted Williams. I don't know who knows. Uh, you know, Ted Williams is a great hitter. Um, you know, best best pitcher that I ever saw uh, was Kurt Schilling. You know, I think, you know, him, uh, Jacob deGrom, and uh, probably Randy Johnson, to be quite honest with you, are, are some of the three best I've seen. I think in person, um, Randy Johnson was one of the best pitchers. I, mean, I would have killed means... to be there when he when he killed that bird by accident, when he threw that, like, 100-mile-an-hour fastball oh, yeah. and a bird. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Fantastic. Wild. I'm, I'm not for the bird. R.I.P. Like, to the bird. Yeah, but... R.I.P. Yeah, we, <laughs> we don't want to see the bird get destroyed. Okay, but... Kurt Schilling, was the bloody sock real? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely real. Yeah. yeah hang on, hang on, hang on. Gone. Just saying it was strategic. The timing, the series, the moments, his cemented. We talked about legacy. This is deep right this now. This is his legacy. <laughs> Actually, that was one of my favorite playoff series I can ever remember. I mean, it was, was a good one. I wasn't even a big baseball guy. I didn't care less about the series, but I... I got hooked, man. I watched everything Boston Red Sox for a couple years after that because it was so much fun. You know what, though? I think so. I think in ba- you're talking about goats. I think in baseball, you kind of got to go off of more like goat, like offense or goat pitcher. I actually think that there is a unanimous goat relief pitcher in baseball. Mariano Rivera. There you go, yeah. Mariano Rivera. I think he, I think he is the unanimous goat relief pitcher. He so. had one pitch. He had two pitches. I don't understand how he was so good. Ah, uh, well, he had. You know, three, two or three, three different right? fastballs. It was like he variations had, of fastball. Yeah, basically. he had a cutter, a two seam, a four seam, and then he had a slider. I think that's uh, actually almost more, more impressive. But yeah, the he fact dominated that he, with his fastball. He pretty much he threw did. one pitch. Yeah, and his he, cutter. Nobody really. could. Nobody could beat. Him. He really just. I mean, he really, he dominated with his cutter. So yeah, it's crazy. But anyways, there you go. And neither here nor there. But uh, Mariano Rivera, another another great name in the sport. So.
All right, guys. I think we're we're moving quick today. I like this. This is a first. We're on point. I think we have enough time for another segment, don't we? All right. We have, for the record, every every week I put together this outline that we all discuss, we go over, and I always have two or three extra topics. We have never made it to an extra topic. This is a first. <laughs> Red Rock Sports first. All right. Woohoo. Everybody's happy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we got to touch on NFL free agency. Uh, Broncos haven't done much since last week. Uh, the, the two notable things that I made wrote down here. They signed quarterback Josh Johnson to be obviously their backup. Um, I think it's a good fit. It seems like style of play fits with what, what Russell Wilson does. The other one was uh, linebacker Alex Singleton. Um, I'm hearing mixed things on whether that he's going to be coming in and competing for a starting job. What do you guys know of Alex Singleton? I believe he was most recently with the Eagles, right? Yeah, he's, uh, so he's the this is actually my boy in uh, in IDP fantasy last year. Helped me for, for half of the <laughs> okay, okay. yeah yeah. So uh, no, so he's <laughs> naturally naturally <laughs> he was the uh, leading tackler, I believe, the last two seasons for the Philadelphia Eagles. Could be wrong on that. That's just off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure he was. Um, last season, about halfway through, he actually got replaced. Um, they had another guy they wanted to, to see get, you know, they wanted to see a guy get more playing time uh, that they had kind of coming up under him. Um, so uh, I believe that's uh, former CU Buffalo Davion Taylor. Just throwing that out there. NBD. No big deal. That's the guy <laughs> that the Eagles retained and released him as a result. Let's go, Buffs. Well, uh, buffs. So they kind of he, he kind of lost some playing time about halfway through the season. Uh, you know what? He he's a great tackler. He's a he's a tough tackler, uh, and he he by all accounts is a great special teams contributor as well. Uh, so you know it's a pretty good deal, man, for for the for the Broncos here. They didn't have to pay very much at all to get him. He's a proven NFL player, a tackler, a guy who can compete on special teams. He's definitely not an every down linebacker type. Not of guy. a coverage guy. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, exactly. He's not a. He's Do not we a sign guy. anything except for non-coverage linebackers? I don't think the Broncos. <laughs> Those are understanding well, now, now the, the Broncos, mold of the linebacker. The Broncos do have two non-coverage linebackers, uh, but but I anticipate you know he's going to be a guy that's kind of behind, probably behind Josie Jewell, especially when you look at how much Jewell got paid. He'll at least be the he'll have the first crack at at the starter position. I would anticipate they're going to uh, probably sign another. Another guy, I, I would not be surprised if they signed another kind of coverage specialist type linebacker um, and or probably get after it in, in the draft as well. So, uh, you know, I, I don't mind that signing, though. I don't. I think it's it's good, and he's a good special teams guy, and we're not paying him too much, so you can't really hate the move. And Broncos special teams have sucked in recent years, so if you're telling me we're adding to that, I think it's that's been, a good move. It's been brutal. Uh, they also signed somebody today. We got our slot corner. Okay. Yeah, so uh, – and and – I could be getting the pronunciation of his name wrong, name wrong so I so apologize. So not out a there. big time sign, uh, not a, a big name guy. Williams. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's Kawan or Kwan. We're gonna go Kwan. I was. I think it's Kwan. We'll have to check on that. We're well, just gonna go <laughs> K. Is it start uh, with a K? K yeah, Williams. It's got we'll the K, K apostrophe. apostrophe. W U A N. K Williams. Slot corner. K Williams. There you go. I like it. So he was from the uh, 49ers. And hey, we're poaching a lot of 49ers. We really players, are. You know, yeah. we're, we're sniping them down, you know. Uh, obviously, you know, obviously our, our, our coaching staff and in, in, uh, whatnot has had a lot of experience against these players. So I imagine that played a little bit of a role into this, right? Um, but no, I mean, apparently he's a, you know, he's a solid slot, uh, slot corner. He's, you know, shorter, you know, a shorter cornerback. So he profiles more to be a slot cornerback type of guy. Uh, apparently he also, uh, you know, he's been pretty good off the, off the rush 
too. So he's had, I think he's had like five sacks in the last couple of years. And so uh, it might be two, three years, something like that. But so they kind of used him all over the field. He's, you know, he can get after the quarterback a little bit, but he, he's a slot guy. So they, they got him for, I think, seven million a year. Um, Nickel Blitz is my go-to play. Third down, you need to stop, <laughs> oh, man. man. I get him go. every time. Yeah, no. So I, I think it was a good signing. At least they they got him. Uh, they have their slot their slot guy now. I you know I wouldn't be surprised if they add. add not only that, I, I expect them to add another quarterback, whether it's through the draft or through free agency. Um, I have heard that they have not closed the door on Bryce Callahan. Still, even after this signing, the door is not closed there. They would want to bring him back still, but just on a lesser amount than what he is trying to get right now. So. Uh, it's we'll perfect see. because he, between he and Darby, the two of them play one full season, and it's great. <laughs> I mean, that's all you need then. Hey, yeah, exactly. Baby steps. Baby steps. Okay, the the Broncos haven't done much, but the rest of the AFC has. Loaded. Uh, I mean, literally everyone has just like jettisoned from the NFC to the AFC, particularly the AFC West. And let's just touch on that a little bit. Uh, this last week continued to load up. Raiders trade for Devontae Adams. Amazing. Uh, gave up a lot. Like more than what the Broncos gave up for Russell Wilson, if I'm not mistaken. They gave up a lot or close to it. Anyways. Wait, did they? Yeah, they gave up a couple of firsts. I know that. To get Devontae Adams. I'm pulling it up right now. Go All ahead. Right. All right. Yeah. I think it was two firsts and, and some other compensation. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, they signed Chandler Jones. That's a big one. That's a guy that I, a lot of people thought the, the Broncos were going to be tied to. He signs with the Raiders. Uh, it's kind of funny. Raiders on social media, the Raiders fans are just acting like the moves they made just like makes them the dominant force in the AFC West. Like, dude, you're the only ones that didn't land yourself a legitimate uh, top tier quarterback. Yeah. So the trade for Devonte Adams was a first a first round pick, so twenty second overall, and a second round pick, which is the fifty third overall. So oh, I thought it was two firsts. Okay. No, so, but still pretty hefty. In your defense, pretty hefty. Okay. And, and you got to pay that salary. That's a little bit better. I was thinking it was two firsts, but still, God, that dude, would be wild. Plus a huge. What was the contract? Ridiculous. Do the uh, Raiders? Do you think have a have a uh, contract clause when they sign someone like Devonte Adams to say you? Uh, you must have get one felony within the first three years of playing <laughs> Dude, with us. Okay, dark. speaking that of dark. <laughs> speaking of that though, Sorry. I heard uh, this is fully speculation. I don't even remember the source and where I saw this, but th- part of the reason why Randy Gregory backed out of his deal with the Cowboys is they tried to put some sort of clause in there that they could recoup money if he's suspended. Uh, yeah, I actually got a little bit or of, or, uh, or end the deal, so, whatever. So I could I could shed a little light yeah, on that please. actually. So he. Um, so there was kind of a uh, 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 apparently it was a straw that broke the camel's back type of thing. It wasn't like it was just this thing that happened. Um, but negotiations were not going well, uh, and he kind of expected it to go smooth because he wanted to stay with the Cowboys. Um, but long story short, Jerry Jones actually comes in at the last second to kind of save this deal, right? Because it was falling apart, and he f- he was feeling disrespected by the Cowboys. So Jerry Jones comes in and says, "Hey, you know, you're our guy. We want you here." Blah blah. He mends the fences. And they agree in principle to this to this uh, particular contract that the Broncos had actually offered before. So the Broncos had offered him this contract. The Cowboys weren't going up to it. And then finally, Jerry Jones comes in and goes, hey, no, we're, go- we're going up to it. We're going to offer you. So they match the Broncos offer and say, here you go. Um, well, then... Uh, the agent goes to you know review the the contract and there is this language in there about how uh, about how uh, it's going to go off uh, or um, dollar amounts or something will go off of uh, suspensions or no fines rather I'm sorry F- fines 
will be will go off of um man what i i could be losing it, it on this it's something to do with if he's suspended it, that that basically he the the he gets cowboys fined. can recoup money right. from the something, contract something about that but but the point is that is actually standard lingo that goes into every cowboys contract according to the Cowboys. And apparently it's, it was in Dak Prescott's contract, but Dak Prescott said, I don't want that in my contract. So they worked with him and said, okay, we'll, we'll take it out. We'll, we'll do some other stuff, right? But apparently it is quote-unquote standard language that always goes into Cowboys contracts. Uh, and then if a player you know really wants it to be removed, they can. So they didn't... The Cowboys say they didn't see this coming, whereas... You know, Gregory's camp says, "Hey, that was a disrespect, slight." In you know, I mean, hey, who know who knows what happened? But it seems like it was kind of a downward spiral type of thing, and then that was just like the last punch, and it seemed more of a miscommunication than anything. So interesting, yeah. So where does that leave the Broncos in the AFC West right now? I mean, they've they loaded up quite a bit a couple weeks back. Then you see the you know the Raiders respond with bringing in Adams, Chandler Jones, uh, Kansas City signs Juju Smith-Schuster. Chargers have made a lot of moves. They brought in Cleo Mack. I mean, is this just going to be a, a you know mad dash for first? I mean, do we have any thoughts as as to where is there a weak link within the division here? I think for me, there are the Kansas City Chiefs at one. And everybody else is 2A, B, and C. I think it's pretty clear. You got to see how Russ adapts to the team. It seems like he's already throwing passes to Cortland Sutton, working out with the receivers. How does Justin Herbert do it with the jump? Does the car, Devonta Adams, who, by the way, five-year, $140 million contract, $65.67 million guaranteed, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a really fun season. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. I'm stoked, man. It's going to be freaking sweet to watch. I mean, uh, right now, the the Broncos. Do you, where would you put the Broncos in the longest playoff, dr- active playoff droughts in the NFL? What place would you say the Broncos are in? As far as the longest, they're, they're top third longest. The, top it, 10. I think they're the like longest. one of the, I think they are like the, the second. Th- I want to say like the top five teams. I was going to say like drought. eight to 10 range, longest route, drought. There's one other team. I think there's two. There's one team for sure, and then I think there's one or two I mean, others. So Jets, Giants for sure. Okay, so so Broncos. Uh, yeah, exactly. Jets have gone 11 years w- without making the playoffs, and then I'm pretty sure the Broncos are number two. At Actually, six. you're right because the Giants made it uh, last year. Odell was there. Uh, I think I think the Giants are right after at five. Yeah. I think the Giants, the uh, the Lions, a couple other teams are at five. So, uh, but yeah, I mean it's bad, right? It's not. You put that into perspective, right? I mean, obviously that's kind of an ode to how many teams actually make the NFL playoffs these days. Right? I mean, you know, it's quite a bit of teams make the playoffs, but. Yeah, it's been that long, man. We, we are now the second longest playoff drought, so hopefully that ends this year. But it's not going to get any easier in this division. It, it's it's c- not unreasonable to think that the Broncos could play well and still finish third or fourth in this I division. I think it'll be similar to the NFC West last year where you've got three teams that are... Well, with the 17-game season, it's just tough. Everyone, it's, it's new to everyone. But I think at, at minimum, most of almost I would say almost the entire AFC West gets at minimum eight wins. You know, Crazy. eight, nine, ten wins. Two, three right. AFC West teams. It's going to be awesome. wild. It's going to be it's awesome. It's going to be wild. All right. Before we get out of here, we got to talk just quickly the two big quarterback moves of this last week. Obviously, Deshaun Watson to the Browns. <sighs> Good call. Love that. How do you guys feel about that move compared to Russell Wilson when you're talking the compensation in mind? They traded a lot and they gave a fully guaranteed whatever it was, like $230 million contract or <laughs> That's something. Sweet. And, and not only that, but they put it into his fully guaranteed contract 
that his first year is getting paid one point something. Yeah, million so it dollars. doesn't affect him. If so he gets essentially, suspended. if he gets suspended, they're saying, okay, yeah, we're not even gonna. You don't even have to forfeit any of that money. So not only are we guaranteeing all this crazy money, we're basically ensuring that you don't get any of it taken away during uh, during a possible year suspension. So I feel so much more strongly even now that that was the best move that could have been made for the Broncos to get Russell Wilson for what they gave up to get him. I think you gave up better, you know, obviously less compensation, a guy that's already under contract and he's a proven winner. I mean, they're really putting everything behind Deshaun Watson and the guy's yet to truly prove anything in the NFL. Ignoring the off the field issues. I love that move for Cleveland. It's a huge upgrade. There's talks that Seattle is now going for Baker, which is a huge mistake, would be horrible. Oh, he'd so, be such a great fit for this, them. This, <laughs> okay. this, this at least puts Cleveland on the map to have expectations to make the playoffs. Go on, Jerry. Everybody is getting so caught up in the year that Baker Mayfield had last year. Before that, everyone was talking about he was the next great thing. Before Joe Burrow uh, became the next great thing, so. it was Baker Mayfield. Jared, People were the, uh, drafting shorter quarterbacks are, because of Baker Mayfield. Okay, no. but aren't you the resident Baker Mayfield fan here? Apparently. Yes. I mean, apparently. right? Because me, me and Nick have been pretty on board with... Uh, he will have a bounce back year if he falls in the right situation. Okay, so what, what's the situation? Seattle would be it. He would He would be a great fit with Seattle. Uh, so did you hear, did you hear that Seattle uh, said that they would take him? Um, but they would need the Browns to give them a draft pick. Isn't in this order insane? To take, in and that's part of what I wanted to touch with this is the variance of, of, of you're what gonna, you're people gonna pay, are getting. You're going to pay Baker Mayfield, but you're not going to... And I know that there was contention whatever with Russ, but you're telling me that you're going to max out Baker Mayfield based on the quarterback but, contract? But you don't you have to max him out right now. That you pay based on the market. Well, we're, just talking, we're just talking about the Chris Bryant matching of contracts. Yeah, but he doesn't have to get a contract he's got, right he's now. He's got one year. But he's due for $18 million. So do yeah. you want to pay... $18 eight, million? That's chump change, dude. Oh, man. Okay. For quarterbacks. Let me, let me, let me, that is chump change. <laughs> let me... Let me uh, I think it's one of those things. I think it's one of those things. I've seen enough. And I like Baker. He seems like a leader. Blah, 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 whatever. He can't throw the ball. He's inaccurate. He's and, and you're telling me that a guy who, when he has time in the pocket, shoulder can't injury, make shoulder non throwing shoulder, non throwing shoulder. It? Yeah. So when you're telling me, <laughs> when you're that. telling me that, when you're telling me that a guy who has time in the pocket can't make simple throws, and I'm not even pro ODB or OBJ, um, but I am in the camp that he was open quite a bit. And you're telling me with the line that Seattle has. You want Baker Mayfield throwing the Baker rock? needs no, absolutely Baker not. needs his back against no, the I know, wall. I know you're not. Coming. I'm not saying he's a great quarterback, but he's a Matt Ryan caliber quarterback. Oh, oh my god. Okay, okay. Oh, We're cue done. the music. We're done cue here. the music. All right, no, hang on, Jared. I got something for you here. Okay. So what what did Jameis Winston just sign for? What was it? I have no idea. So it was it was two years. I believe he has like twenty one million guaranteed or something. It's like, like yeah, but it was like eighteen million a year, I think, right? Let me check. I'm checking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check on it while I'm saying this, okay? Check on it while I'm saying this. All right, here, Jared. Here we go. I got a comparison for He's you. He's a step up from Jameis. Okay. No. Uh, Jared, I got They're a comparison same. for you. Okay. Okay. Through four seasons, okay? Through four seasons, compare Jameis Winston to Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, sixty games. Jameis Winston, fifty six games. Okay. 61.6 completion percentage for Baker, 61.6 completion percentage for Jameis. Same. 14,125 yards for Baker, 14,628 yards James for Jameis. James put up a bunch of yards. We okay. know that. Hang on. Hang on. Hey, real quick, real Nine, quick. I'm yeah. sorry to cut you off. Two-year, $28 million contract for Jameis. Okay. So like four, and I think only 21 of it's guaranteed. Correct. I believe. So, okay. Uh, so, so, okay. So far, we're, we're there. Jameis has a little more yards. 
92 touchdowns for Baker Mayfield, 88 touchdowns for Jameis Winston, 56 interceptions for Baker Mayfield, 58 interceptions. And that's for the year Jameis that Winston. he had 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions with Jameis when he was with the right. Bucks. Yeah. 87.8 rating for Baker. 87.8 rating for James. Is that on the QBR? Is that lie, on the QBR? The, the new QBR? I think it is. That is very surprising. Yeah, it's the one out of 100. It's the, one yeah, that's it's the new QBR rating. Yeah. Uh-huh. Even though people have been very critical of Baker over the last year. Oh, God. People absolutely roasted Jameis Winston, his entire rookie contract in the garbage that he was. So the fact that you're telling me their stats are pretty much the same. They're, they're the same player. You take, you, take away, you take away the one year that the Browns made the playoffs when it was mainly a run-based offense and what did Baker do? He was average, super average. Had a you great know team around him. Too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, so what's the right situation? It's the headband. <laughs> it's the headband that does it for him. Yeah, he's just got to play Kansas over hey, man, and this over. This is the definition over. of a league average quarterback. And uh, yeah, you're right. People are going to overpay for a league average quarterback, but but nobody right now wants to trade up assets to go get no and he's gonna get he's gonna be thrown thrown and also the other situation is 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 that the browns had more trade value with baker mayfield prior to making this trade for deshaun watson now everybody and their mother knows they're gonna dump him so they're not gonna give up anything where i agree get him where i agree is that yeah for this year 18 million isn't bad but you gotta pay him Eventually, I'm you not can play this year this out. Year, right? You can play it out yeah. with him. See what he does this oh, year. God. If he proves it, then you could do it. Okay, real quick. Last thing. I know it's time to go. I know it's time to go. But I'm how sick. about the Colts, dude? <laughs> the Colts, man. Chris Ballard, GM of the Colts. Dude knows what he's doing. He flips. He gets rid of Carson Wentz. Somehow trades Carson Wentz. Not only does that, gets essentially... Two third-round picks for him, okay? One of those can become a second based on playing time. They also swapped seconds. But essentially gets two third-round picks for Carson Wentz. And then turns around and trades one third-round pick for Matt Ryan with the Falcons eating a big chunk of that money this year. If you put those two trades together, he essentially traded Carson Wentz and got back Matt Ryan and a third-round pick. I like the trade. I don't think it does anything for the Colts. No, I don't think so either. But how do you get out of Carson Wentz? I know. The master of the overthrow for the And it makes you realize how stupid Washington is that they jumped on that. (laughs) You just had to be patient. And you could have had your choice between Baker Mayfield, who... Can we we all agree Baker's actually better than Carson Wentz? Can we stop with the... Is he better than Carson Wentz? Maybe. Yes. Okay, I'll I'll go there. Right? But you could also have... Maybe. For what they (laughs) traded... They're the same guy. For what they traded for Carson Wentz, though... They compensation, suck. compensation in mind. You're getting Baker Mayfield for nothing. You just I don't want Baker Mayfield for nothing. I want, want a pick. Wentz? I want a pick to Jared, receive. Jared, as Baker we have Mayfield. established, okay. the market is actually you have to pay us to get Baker <laughs> yeah. Mayfield. Yeah, it's so, one of those things. <laughs> where, <laughs> I'm gonna prove all you guys. Baker, I'm behind you, buddy. Oh my God. Wherever you it, land. If I have to hear Baker Mayfield like three or four more times, I'm out of here. Yeah, you know seriously. What I mean? Come on, Seahawks, make it happen. You had to listen. If you have to give somebody. Like money or, or a draft pick. pick to take someone. <laughs> That's the Brock Osweiler deal right there. Oh, huh? yeah. <laughs> Browns are familiar with that one. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to find us on Twitter at Red Rock Sports One. Connor, Nick, thanks for, thanks for being here. I'm Jared. Talk to you guys next week. <laughs>